Yes, Lord. Lord, we praise you this night. We worship you. Thank you that you walked into our lives. You changed everything, Lord. Lord, you walked into our lives and turned everything around. And oh, how we praise you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad Jesus walked into my life. Praise God. He walked into our lives. Amen. So reach over to that person beside you tonight and bless them. Pray for them. Ask God to bless them. Wow. Lord, just bless them tonight. Whatever they have need of, whatever's going on, whatever's taking place in life, Lord, just bless them. Lord, I just thank you for the power of your spirit upon us tonight. Pouring yourself out into us as we worship you, Lord. As we minister to you and worship you. And oh, Lord, we give you praise for it. You're so amazing. So bless them, Lord, this night. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory. Man, praise Jesus. Well, I don't know about y'all. Like I said, I'm just glad Jesus didn't leave me in the pig pen of life. Got saved. Life changed. And you know, it would have been great if right then everything would have just been lined up and perfect. But how many of y'all know we've got to walk out a sanctification process? means that the Spirit of God keeps working in us, trying to root out the old ugly and put in the new glory. Amen? And so um, I shared this message with you Sunday morning about uh, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? And I gave you eight points, and I'm just going to touch them right quick because I, I didn't finish, and I want to go on with that. But uh, I talked to you about, you know, the, the first thing we've got to do is you've got to look to Jesus. Look, you're not going to do it on your own. You're not going to get victory on your own. You've got to have Jesus in the middle of your life. And the second thing is you've got to start seeking his kingdom, not your kingdom, because if you're seeking your kingdom then it's going to be built on your promises and you're going to fail. But if you're building his kingdom, then you know what happens? Then he comes in and he starts working with you and makes it all work out. And then the third thing was, is nobody wants to work with. They don't want to deal with their thoughts. And I'm telling you right now in this world and everything that's going on, there's so many deceiving spirits and so many doctrines of devils being floated around everywhere that if you don't control your thoughts, and, and, and make sure that every thought that comes to you is a God thought, and you allow demons to just speak to you all the time, then you just become a mouthpiece for the devil. That's all there is. Fourth thing was, is we've got to think on, on God's goodness. Philippians 4.8 says that he gives us a list of things that we're supposed to be thinking on. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. That's what we're supposed to be thinking on. So any thought that doesn't fit into that parameter, you know what? It's not a godly thought. So then the fifth one was, is don't get caught up in this world. You know, I always thought it was funny, you know, especially the different, I think it's Luke... Uh, Luke uh, 12, where 
you know, you, you go down through the line, all Jesus is doing all these miracles, yet the disciples are there arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And then you got Peter telling Jesus not, you know, you don't, don't, you're not, you're, you can't go. You got you to gotta be here. And he says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, you know what I mean? He's just talking about these are the guys that Jesus chose, and they were just all messed up. They got every thought. I mean, can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus, seeing miracles done, and the thoughts that are coming to your mind are, gosh, I need to work, get my mom up there to work a deal so that I can be number one in the kingdom. Really? But where did that thought originate? It originated from the pit of hell. And it worked up in through them through some way that uh, James and Peter, it's a, you know, whatever their issue was, working in them, had a voice, had a, had a line. But Jesus didn't throw them out. Jesus didn't get rid of them. Jesus didn't just smoke them right there, have an angel just come down and kill them right there. No, because he knows what we're dealing with. So, but we can't get caught up in the world and all the thoughts of this world. And then the sixth thing was, is we've got to learn it's a walk of faith. It's nothing, it's a, it's a walk of faith. There's nothing else, oh, no other way to live a life with Jesus in a walk of faith. You have to be able to see the things that are not seen. You have to be able to walk that walk of faith. So quit trying to do it by works. Quit trying to do it by any other thing. Quit trying to get Jesus just to give you a list. And if you do all the ABCs and get it at one, two, threes, and you get it down, then you're good. No, it's a walk of faith. Amen? So everybody say it's a walk of faith. The seventh one was is that, that you have to take time to meditate. Listen to me. You're bombarded with thoughts all day long. You're bombarded with stuff coming on all the way. You're, you're, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of unbelief, thoughts of, uh, uh, of the future, thoughts of all these things are coming to you. And if you don't stop in your day and sit down and meditate on God's word, listen to me, you're going to be overwhelmed. And then as the days continue to go on, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So uh, basically the way I do it is anytime that I catch myself having more ungodly thoughts and I'm having godly thoughts, it's time to sit down and clear the head and start worshiping God. Amen? So, uh, you know, I told, I've told you all this before. I've got all my scriptures in my phone, I, so it's with me all the time, anywhere I'm at. Anytime I start getting bombarded, I say, it's time to sit down. I said, okay, what are we going to go over, Lord? <clears throat> Here's, we're going to go over power scriptures. We're going to go over faith scriptures. We're going to go over whatever. And then I just start speaking the word of God out of my mouth. I start quoting the word of God until my head finally shuts up. I run all the devils off that away. All right? That's the way Jesus did it. That's what we got to do. So then the last thing was, the eighth thing was, is that we have to know that there's a reward, that we are not just walking this walk on this earth for, you know, our health. We're walking on this earth for, we're advancing the kingdom of God. And there is a hereafter. There is a reward. There is a place we're going to. There is a, a heaven that we're headed to. Amen? Okay, so now go in your Bibles to James chapter 3. Okay, so now this is where I want to tie in with that message. You see, because as you begin to get your thoughts lined up, it should start changing your speech. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So you usually speak what's in your heart. Hello? So you're going to speak what's in your heart. And so if there's if if you're having if you're taking on fearful thoughts, well then if you just start listening what's going to come out of your mouth is going to be fear, not faith. So the more you start lining up your thoughts, then the more your tongue starts lining up like it should. Cuz it's going to speak whatever's in your heart. So I want to start in James 3:1. 
It says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So James is telling the church then that if you can get control of your tongue and what you say, the word perfect there means to be a mature person, that you become a mature Christian and you're able to bridle your whole body. That's pretty impressive. All by what? This thing right here, this tongue. You can just keep it going straight. Okay, he goes on and says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their whole body. Look at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. So he's saying your tongue is going to be ruling and directing your whole entire life. So then can I back it up and say this, that if you're, if you're in fear or discouraged or overwhelmed, okay, you got there because your tongue steered you there. Wouldn't that just took the scriptures, what he just said? And you put that into application? You discouraged yourself by what came out of your mouth because it was what was inv- what your thoughts were thinking that got down into your heart that came out of your mouth and that steered you right into the course of discouragement. You remember how the cartoons, I guess, I don't know, they have, I don't know, I haven't seen cartoons, but a long, long time. But you know how you used to always have the little angel sitting on the guy's shoulder over here and the devil's over here, you know, he's whispering back and forth like this, you know, like so, so. Just imagine if that's the way it is. The devil's sitting on you, whispering to you. The demon's speaking into your ear. And you start hearing that. You start thinking on it. Then you start speaking it. You direct yourself right over there to where the enemy wants you to. And you dock up on his. You dock your ship at his dock. But if you listen to the voice of God, you meditate on the word of God. You let the living word of God begin to just flow out of you and comes out of your mouth and that's what you begin to speak, then you go right over to where God wants you to be. Now you got to understand something. I believe God wants us. I believe God wants us at a certain place every day. I don't believe we're living our life just happenstance. I've said this to y'all so many times. If someone comes to your mind during the day that you don't usually think about, you know, If that person pops in your head right then, stop and pray for that person. Because that didn't just pop in your head just because, you know, something's flowing through your brain and it just pricked it. What happened is that's the Holy Ghost talking to you. This is a life we've got to learn to live. The life that where our life is not consumed with trying to defeat the thoughts of doubt and unbelief, but our life is consumed with hearing the voice of God, speaking the voice of God's word out of our mouth and moving in godly wisdom and power. So he says, if you can get hold of your tongue, then it lines everything up. But the tongue's not going to get lined up unless the thoughts got lined up. You know, if you're, (laughs) <laughs> it goes back to the children of Israel. Remember when they're going over there and he comes back and he gives them the, 
the report, the spies went out in the promised land, they come back and, and, and all the yabbits rose up, right? And Caleb jumps up and said, let's go, let's go immediately, let's take the city. And everybody's like, yeah, but we're just grasshoppers. And it's like, yeah. So those guys were all little devil on one side, angel on the other. They were all listening to the devil. And say, yeah, how can we do that? We're just grasshoppers in their, in our, in their sight, and we're just going to be eating. And they, they eat people over there. I mean, it's, it's no different. What happened to them that day we read about in the Bible and say, oh, how foolish these people were. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They saw these things take place. They saw the deliverance from Egypt, and they didn't have faith to even make it over there to the Promised Land. Well, you got saved. You got filled with the Holy Ghost. You've seen God do miracles in your life. You know he's alive, yet we get talked right out of it, at, you know, pretty easy. So we can't really be pointing the finger back at them and saying those people are so bad because we do it ourselves. Everybody say, ouch. It's the truth. I get so disgusted with myself sometimes. I'll, I'll, I'll be listening and some thought will come into my mind, you know, and I'll start getting discouraged. Or, and it's, you know, the devil's sneaky about it. You know, he doesn't just show up at your door dressed out there as old Slewfoot, and you look out the door and say, oh, there's the devil. I wonder what he's got to say this morning. You know, it doesn't happen like that. Because if it was, we'd all be smart enough to say, oh, don't, that's the devil. Don't talk to him. Grab a gun. Sally, shoot him. Right? But it comes up in everything from a commercial. I mean, uh, the other night, my wife's fixing supper. I was with the grandkids, turned on the television. We were watching Shrek. I mean, you can't go wrong, you know? <laughs> I sure were watching Shrek, but it was a tele it was on TV, and so there was commercials. Well, the first commercial comes on is a pizza commercial. And I'm sitting, I'm hungry. And I'm thinking, man, pizza sure would be good. And then in a minute, you know, ice cream commercial comes on. Man, ice cream. So we start talking about ice cream. Yeah, eat that ice cream. See what I'm saying? Where was that? It's it's that's what they that's why they have commercials. And if we didn't live in the middle of the land that time forgot, in the middle of nowhere, you know, you could, you'd probably get on the phone, dial up, and order you a pizza and some ice cream. But that don't happen around here, right? And so my point is, is that that's what's happening to us. It's the power of suggestion. The devil is coming to us. He's whispering in our ear. The power of suggestion takes us off. And if we don't deal with it and line up with godly thoughts, we end up over in the place of discouragement and despair. And that's right where he wanted us to be. But if we control them, then our tongue gets controlled. And then you start speaking out of your mouth the word of God, the, the, the amazing things of God. Right? And you do not have to see everything line up as it rolls off your tongue because we walk a walk of faith. And so as you begin to speak that, you begin to talk that. Look, think about Jesus. Jesus, the devil, took him up and did all the things to him, showed him up he was on the top of the pinnacle and said, I'll give you all the worlds, so I'll do all this kind of stuff. And Jesus said, you know, no, 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 no. Quoted the word of God at him every time, and it was all over with, boom, it was done, right? And then Jesus got crucified. It wasn't as if he spoke the word of God, defeated the devil over those 40 days, and then nothing else, nothing bad happened. So my point is, you still speak, you still walk, you still control. Jesus is still on the cross dying at the last breath. said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's still getting the word out. He's still speaking the word out. He's still defeating devils by what's coming out of his mouth and creating everything we walk in today. Okay, so go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Isn't it be funny 
Well, I guess it wouldn't be funny. But it says, as a Christian, if your friend comes to your house and she says, oh gosh, you know, I was just, today I was talking to, I think this is, this is going to happen and this is a bad thing, this and that and the other. And you just said, oh, do you enjoy being the mouthpiece of the devil? Oh, you've been listening to the devil this morning. You got his number, huh? Yeah, your friend may not like you very long, you know. But if, if, we could, if, if there was literally a way to shock people into what they're saying and what they're thinking. I went into a place the other day, a business, didn't have anything to do with me or the church or anything like that. I was just making a delivery. And I went into this person. I didn't know this person. I didn't know him from Adam. I wasn't even sure. I had to ask somebody, is that the guy? You know, and yeah, that's him. That's him. I'm supposed to do. I was just delivering a package. And so I walked in, and this person doesn't know me. Doesn't, I, you know, I guess he didn't know I was a preacher. I hope he didn't know I was a preacher. And so we, we, we start talking. And just a little bit, and he just and he just 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 started spewing out of his mouth. Oh, it's terrible! It's, everything's going to be bad. Is it uh, this whole thing? Oh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to end good. Oh, God. no! I tell you, everything we you know, we got to see a problem with lumber right now. This is going to this is going to get worse. And I just just see all this stuff out to the point that I was like, I started backing out of the room. I was like, man, I don't want well, just keep it all over on your side of the desk. I don't want to listen to this. And I said, I tried to, I tried to interject some positive, okay? And it was like there was nothing to get. It was like it was just like you know, like Charlie Brown Pigpen. He just had the the the, the dust and the all around him, man. And I was like, oh, get away, my God! I don't want to listen to any of this. And and I walked out. And I said, I just went out in the truck and prayed for him. I said, man, whoo, got it bad. But that's all he was dwelling on. So that's what's coming out of his mouth. Okay, Paul said here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I come to you, did not come to you in excellency, excellency of speech, meaning, you know, I wasn't the great orator going to dazzle you with my oration, or the wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. So think about this. Paul was a learned man. He was a Pharisee. He was a learned, learned, could have probably been a great orator on his own, but he got saved. And so he says, I forgot everything. I just put everything behind me. I came with you to you with nothing other than the gospel of Jesus Christ to tell you that he, Jesus, is the Christ and that he died for you. And so he says, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my Preaching were not with persuasive words, get this, of human wisdom. So I'm not speaking human wisdom. So note that. But in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He starts making a separation, saying that there's two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of God and there's the wisdom of men. All right? However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Again, remember the tongue made you perfect, but perfect means mature. Same word here. Um, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom, look at this, of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. So he's saying this age has a wisdom and their rulers are speaking forth a wisdom. Right? Folks, you're hearing everything going on right now. You're hearing all kinds of 
unbelievable craziness and stuff going on in politicians' lives and governors and stuff and all this stuff taking place, all this craziness going out there. And they're saying it's wisdom. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about here. He said, I'm the, I didn't come to you. I didn't speak political wisdom. I didn't speak the wisdom of this age, nor look of the rulers of this age. Because they're coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, the word mystery there, it doesn't mean like it's, you know, twilight zone. Woo, you know, so mysterious it cannot be understood. It means it's a revelation. It came to you. You see it and it's like, wow. I didn't under, I, 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 that didn't, that's not what the world says is wisdom. I mean, think about this. The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. Right? Good measures pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men given in your bosom. But the world says, no, 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 you save, you earn, you hold back, you step on people, you get ahead, you cheat, you do whatever you got to do, and that's how you advance financially. Jesus says, take no thought for your life. Take no thought about what you're going to do. Take no thought about what you're going to wear. Take no thought about what you're going to eat. But that's more, that's 90% of everything we think about. So that's the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of this age. And Paul says, no, no, no. I want, I want over here, I want you to be speaking the wisdom of God. And you're going to speak it in such a way it's going to look like a mystery. It's going to be like it's hidden, but then it's revealed. It's mysterious because people are going to say, well, how does that work? How do you give and get more? Right? That doesn't make sense to the worldly kingdom. All right? But we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of the age have known, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. All right? So look down now in verse 9. He says, but as, as it is written, I has not seen nor ears heard nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, just think about that statement. The problem we're having here is that we're flesh and we're human. And so we keep looking around at others. And if you just look around at others that aren't full of the spirit and living by the spirit, then you get your idea that's the way things should work. And that's what gets imparted to you. And you think that's the norm. Okay? But the truth of the matter is, it says, I has not seen your ears heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. So God has great things prepared for you. Right? That's what that's saying. That's what that's saying. Things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, your flesh you're never going to hear the things that God has prepared, the glorious things, the unbelievable things, the mighty things, the things that God will tell you to do that will make difference in the kingdom. You're not going to hear it if all your mind and your thoughts and your mouth is over here in the wisdom of the world. We've got to get over into the wisdom of God and operate by the wisdom of God. <clears throat> but then it says, but, this is a good but, but, God has revealed them to us by spirit. 
So the Holy Ghost every day is wanting to take you and reveal to you the great things of God so that you can advance the kingdom of God in your life or his kingdom can be advanced in your life, right? But what are we doing? We're worrying. We're fretting. We're discouraged. We're trying to prove a point. We're trying to, you know, win the court battle in our minds. And we said, yeah, but you don't understand. No, I do understand. I understand I have to live in this world just like you live in this world. I understand totally what it means to shut your mind up and get on the word of God, even if you don't feel like it and you don't want to. Because I know it's the only thing that works. God's word is the only thing that's going to work. So he does have great things prepared for you. Things that he wants to, oh man, things that just wants to tell you and show you and speak to you. And it may be standing in the middle of a hospital and somebody's walking by and the Holy Ghost says, smile at that person. And you say, hi. And that, you just think, why did I go do that? And that may have changed that person's life. How do we know? I mean, you say, well, uh, I'm not called into the ministry and that's what preachers are for and that's what they're supposed to go do. That's wrong. Let's just listen to the devil on that. You are all called to advance the kingdom of God in whatever is going on in our lives. But if we're too busy worried, too busy trying to, you know, we're fretting and full of fear and trying to prove a point and trying to have the court cases in our heads uh, solved, well, then you're not going to hear the Spirit of God speaking to you. But every one of you, every day, God wants to speak to you great and mighty things. Now, I want to tell you something. That may not be the vision that you see of the future and all the glory. It may be the simple word God says, change this, do this, do that. But it's miraculous. You're hearing from heaven. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So do you see what I'm trying to say tonight? If you're sitting around doing nothing but worrying, doing nothing but running the scenarios through your mind of, well, they said this and he did this and they did that and we're over here doing this and we should be doing this and that should be taking place and we need to do this and, oh God, what's going to happen over here? And if that goes wrong and then this goes wrong and that's all you're dwelling on, you're never going to hear the powerful things that the Spirit of God has for you in your life. Never. Because your mind is consumed with the, the wisdom of this world. And I believe that when the trump of the Lord sounds and when Jesus comes back, there'll be people saying, Lord, not yet. I'm still trying to work out this situation. How many of y'all, I mean, you've bound to have heard the other night. I don't know if on the other side of the canyon, but that little system that went through and there, there was a clap of thunder. One clap of thunder that did not quit happened, what, like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. That baby hit and it just, and my house shook and the pipe shook in my house. And, and it just rumbled and then it just wouldn't quit. And it just kept like it just kept rolling and going. And, and I, I, I woke up like this, you know, it's like I was dead asleep. And I woke up and I was like, oh, that wasn't a trumpet. That was just thunder. 
But it was the biggest, loudest thunder blast I've ever heard. But I believe that there truly are people that are going to be too worried, too caught up, and they're going to miss the Lord because they're going to be sitting there fretting and worrying about the day. Jesus says, don't even worry about the day that's approaching. So I'm trying to stress this point and stress this point and stress this point to you that you have to stop listening to the wisdom of this world and the things of this world, and you have to get into walking in the Spirit, which simply means you are meditating on the Word of God so that your thoughts line up with the Word of God, so that your tongue lines up with the Word of God, so you can hear what the Holy Ghost wants you to do. Okay? Last one here. Look down at verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Okay? So input into you is the mind of Christ. What do you want you to think about? It's in you. It's already in you. Right? So think about a radio. A radio has a whole bunch of channels to it. But you don't get them all because you may be out of range. Or you're not tuned to it. God's got all this wisdom he's trying to pump into you. But you may be off tune. You're not hearing it because you're dwelling on the wrong thing. And as long as you're dwelling on the wrong thing, you're not going to hear the right thing. Now, <clears throat> no matter what, whether... So here's another scenario. You can't spend your whole life talking the word out of your mouth that you don't ever stop to listen, right? You have to have this time of hearing from God. And you can't really hear from God when you won't shut up. So it does, it does, does there's a balance here, right? And you have to learn that and walk in that. But I'm here tonight to tell you, man, God has unbelievable things for each and every one of you. Amen? All you got to do is tune in in the channel. Praise God. Well, praise God. Well, stand to your feet. Let me bless you. Bless your offerings tonight. Bless everyone out there listening and watching. Lord, I just declare tonight that we're, we're, we're I, I, oh, yeah, Lord. I just declare right now in Jesus' name that every yoke and every chain of the enemy the whispers within that he's got people trained to in their ears that are hung in a rut and just keeps going down that same rut over and over and over again, dwelling on the same thing over and over again. The enemy keeping that boat of theirs tied up to the, his dock. I declare that yoke is broken in Jesus' name. I declare tonight people freely hear the Spirit of God speaking to them. I declare, Lord God, that they're going to follow the Holy Ghost. They're going to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside of them. They're going to do what's right. Lord, they're going to meditate on the word of God. They're going to then their tongue is going to line up and begin to speak the things of God out of their mouths. And when they do that, Lord God, they're going to hear clearly your voice speaking to them, your direction and the powerful things that you have for each and every one of us. So, Lord, bless them tonight. Lord, I declare they're free by the anointing of God, by the word of God. I declare they are free tonight to walk in that victory and in that glory. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. bless them. Bless their tithes, bless their offerings, Lord, just whatever their businesses, everything that their hands touch, let it prosper, O oh God. 
Because, Lord, we praise you for it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you, church.